Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode features Merv Smith. He has a plan for us. Each and every single one of us. And it's real. And I've noticed lately that uh, things that that we would quote sort of uh, so common to us are now becoming a reality. And I realize that uh, what God has said is coming to pass more than we think. Probably more in the spiritual realm than we see in the natural realm. But reality is about to break through. When... uh, that great resurrection day comes. And the church should be first partaker of the fruits, shouldn't we? We have a uh, tremendous privilege uh, to be able to represent the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. There is no university anywhere in the universe that you can go to and uh, learn from books what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. It's just not there. And yet He can take any book nearly and show you things that are maybe inferred to or something like that. I mean, any book within within reason. <laughs> But uh, and 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 he can just cause that to unfold. Uh, I think it was a poem somebody put on the internet one time about the the rosebud. Did you see that? Somebody, uh, probably you did. Anyway, uh, a rosebud is a a miracle. It comes as a as a little little bud, very small, and it keeps growing and growing. And if you try and unfold it, it'll wreck it. But by the life that is imparted into that little stem coming from the ground, it keeps flowing. And the rain comes and gives it moisture and it unfolds and has the beautiful fragrance of a rose. That's what God has in store for us. That we will unfold a little bit more into that wonderful image of the Son of God. Praise God. Not many people know that. uh, Not very many people understand that God didn't just create the, the earth, you know, sitting around at the big table in heaven somewhere and he said Let, let's make a, let's make a earth <laughs> let's make a universe and we'll create people and and so on uh, 
God's plan, this is something we should always keep in mind every day of our life. That the things we do and the things that we converse about, the things that we uh, dream about, all have something to contribute to us if our spiritual eyes are open of the realities of that wonderful kingdom that we're learning about. And I, I, I pray that uh, the whole subject of the kingdom of God will uh, be, be renewed in our minds and, and that we'll be able to uh, see a little more clearly that God's purpose is not just a, uh, a fleeting thought that came to his mind. It's an eternal purpose. It has no end. And it will continue exactly the way he planned it. You know, we if we uh, don't understand that and don't grasp the uh, blessing of God having an eternal purpose, we'd really be like we're lost in this world. And Bev, Bev Shea sings a song, um, Thank you God for knowing me, knowing who I am. It's so easy to get lost these days in the shuffle and the noise. And uh, that's been a real blessing to me, that song. And I, I, I love to hear it every once in a while. But uh, God's purpose, being eternal, has put something in each one of us that is also eternal. Hallelujah. The hope that we have is an eternal hope. Yes. The blessing that God gives us is for an eternal purpose. One of the great blessings God has given us as just before I left the room, I, I just knelt in prayer and, and, uh, and I prayed in the unknown tongue. And I, as I was praying, you know, our, your mind is a fantastic computer. It can think of ten things at once. <laughs> Sometimes they don't mean a thing, too. But uh, the, the thought came to me, what a privilege you have, you can talk to God in His language. Yes. And even though your own mind doesn't grasp the words, your spirit knows what the Holy Spirit is putting within us that we can express something that God has put within us. And as we do so, we're blessed and we're built up yes. in the Spirit. Brother York uh, often emphasizes this, and he asks everybody to lift their hands if you've spoken in tongues today. <laughs> How many? Well, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> How many of you would say spoke in tongues today? How many of you speak in tongues every day? We should. Yes, we should. Because it edifies the inner man. 
And that man is the man that God, that woman, is the person that God is working on day by day to transform us into the image of His Son. Praise God. So, the uh, our theme is the principles of the kingdom. There are many principles in the kingdom. But the number one principle is wherever God puts us, that's our territory, to reveal the inner presence of the living God. And as opportunity affords us, we can express something of the hope that lies within us to those that don't know and don't understand and have no idea that God has put something within them that lives on beyond this life. Praise God. In the the fifth chapter of Matthew, we have a wonderful explanation, you could say, of principles, not all the principles, but the but principles of the kingdom of God. And uh, as I was meditating on these things, and of course different scriptures come to your mind, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? Amen. See, I'll, I'll keep doing that, get us all involved so we keep alert. <laughs> and if I really don't know the answer, I'll wait till I can get it. <laughs> Praise God. Righteousness, peace, and joy is what should be visible. That to the natural eye is invisible within us. Your spirit, your mind is what God works with. And He has given us these abilities uh, of the, the gifts of the Spirit and, and understanding. I suppose it's not in this, in this chapter, but I suppose the fundamental uh, principle, I'm going to ask you, what do you think the fundamental number one lesson is the principle of a principle of the kingdom. The foundational principle. Don't all speak at once. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I gotta turn and read it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of God, reverence for God. Not scared, but a respect for God's presence wherever we find it. Yeah, you know, when you um, meet with other people that have the same hope that we have, 
of uh, Christ once again returning, as soon as you strike that chord in them, they'll respond with an acknowledgement. And, and uh, you know, it, it's so wonderful, the, the hunger that we have within us, it's sort of inherent in us, we like to meet other people that we've never met before who know the Lord. That's always a very pleasant surprise. Uh, Brother Ewald, my brother-in-law, uh, was telling me one day, he said, I was on the plane going somewhere, and uh, I got talking to the man next to me and found out that he was a, a very sincere believer. And then he began to tell me, he said, all that was happening in the church where he attended. And he was a Catholic man. And he said people were being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, it talks about speaking in tongues in the Bible. And he said people are doing that in their prayers. And he went on and on, and, and he all sort of smiled. He says, oh, oh, well, yes, he said, I know what you're talking about. We've had that all my life. I've, I've gone to uh, an assembly uh, where the people have this wonderful ability to, in their private prayers to talk to God in a heavenly language. He looked at him so surprised. Oh, he said, I thought it was only happening in the Catholic Church. <laughs> And there's more happening in the Catholic Church than probably we know and understand. And in every church. Well, there is only one church, isn't there? But uh, man has uh, seemed to enjoy uh, getting things categorized and, and so on. And there's, there are very different levels of understanding. And that, that was a, a tremendous blessing to us when uh, we first uh, started walking in this way, just the very first feast in 1948 in North Battleford, that year, during the feast, or just after it, we had the worst storm in history. We haven't had one like it since. It it snowed and snowed and the wind blew and it was cold below zero. I think it was about 25 or 30 below zero uh, one day during that time. And uh, it, it was a cold experience in the natural. But there were so many wonderful things happening in the spiritual realm. And I, uh, I traveled on the train with a brother that used to be my roommate in Bible college. And uh, he was on his way to the feast as well. And, uh, and he was explaining to me some of the things that uh, God was doing. And, and he said, people are prophesying. And the brethren lay their hands on people and prophesy their gifts. And, and the anointing of God comes upon them. And they know where they fit in to the body of Christ. Well, I'll tell you, he sure got my attention. I thought if there, somebody's going to lay their hands on me and start prophesying, there's a lot of things I hope they don't mention. <laughs> God isn't like that. No. Everything that was told me 
was very edifying, very upbuilding, and very humbling to think that a human being can be God's instrument through which he speaks to other human beings. Praise God. And, uh, well, I started fasting and praying right there. I didn't go to the breakfast table and the lunch table and the evening table for a couple of days. And then one day, uh, one of the brethren was uh, at the front, and he looked me right in the eye, and he said, Come up here. And they prayed over me. And the anointing of God was imparted in a way I never knew it before. Hallelujah. How I thank God for His personal interest in your life and every phase of our lives that we can fit into His eternal purpose because the things that we do day by day for Him fit in and, uh, and accomplish something uh, of God's great plan in the earth. Uh, God's plan is not all mixed up because of world affairs. Uh, his, his plan is not disturbed by storms and, and, uh, and those things that we would call emergencies. Uh, God's plan is being fulfilled the way He planned it. And there's a lot of things about God's plan we couldn't understand. Um, I uh, remember when we um, went to St. Martin the last time we were there, and the hurricane came along, remember that? And you folks, most of you, I think, any were, I was going to say lucky, you were fortunate <laughs> enough to get a flight home before it struck the place where you were going. And... Uh, we didn't. We had to stay for a whole week <laughs> and uh, and wait for a flight. And the hotel kept us there and, and fed us and never charged us a nickel for uh, for those extra days that we were there. Brother and Sister King were there with us, and uh, I guess we were the last to leave. And we just had a wonderful time of fellowship. And, uh, and blessing and, and uh, I, we were able to get to know each other much better and that bond that only the Holy Spirit can produce bonded us a little, little closer in that uh, wonderful bond that there is in the body of Christ the body of Christ is God's plan of the ages to have a whole body of believers uh, to be able to express his thoughts and his will to mankind. Uh, while we were having breakfast, we were finished, we were folding our napkins and lay, laying it down, and, and uh, I, I thought of a little thing, maybe you read it too, of the, uh, the folded napkin and the, the meaning of it, and it, it's it particularly mentions that the napkin that covered the face of Christ, I believe that's where it had been, and covered his head, was neatly folded and placed on the bier. 
that he was that his body had occupied and uh, it, it, it said that uh, it, an old Jewish custom at um, the meal uh, meal time the master of the house uh, they used napkins those days we don't always use them at home but uh, when we're a little more formally inclined we use we use uh, a nice cloth napkins when we have company and I suppose you do the same and uh, anyway uh, if he has to leave the table if, uh, to go for a drink of water or whatever uh, he, he folds his napkin up and lays it down beside his plate and that tells the servant that he's coming back uh, to finish his meal. If he just tosses it down, that means he's finished and he won't be back anymore at that meal. <laughs> and that's the significance of the folded napkin in the grave. It covered a dead body. But now he's going to, he has imparted to us the hope of his return. And He has already returned in our hearts. Praise God. Maybe the return of Christ will not be as literal as we think. It will be more personal. Because I believe before He returns, literally, he will, He's coming in the Spirit to bring this body together. And it seems like it's taking forever for it to happen, doesn't it? But uh, God's plan is so different than the way we plan things. Amen. Every part of it has meaning. And uh, so, uh, when we were there uh, at uh, St. Martin, uh, um, just before we left home, I was uh, we were in Calgary visiting our daughter and her family, and uh, I, I got up uh, fairly early uh, Brother Wager was going to come with our, our tickets and uh, from his travel agent and um, we were going to have a meeting with the elders in the afternoon after the service and and then go on to St. Martin next morning and I, uh, the phone rang at 7 o'clock in the morning and I answered the phone and and it was Irma Art, Art's wife and uh, she said Merv I have something to tell you and then she just said it she said I found Art dead in bed this morning I said what are you saying <laughs> and uh, she said yes uh, she said I, I couldn't sleep well during the night and I was lying on the couch in the living room and I heard him get up about 3 o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom like old men do. <laughs> she didn't say that. <laughs> uh, she would never say anything like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, she suddenly went back to bed and, and uh, and then he never got up when he was supposed to because he had to catch a flight out of Lloydminster to Calgary about uh, around, I think it was around uh, 7 
or 8 o'clock, and he was supposed to get up around 6 and get ready and go. And but she said there was no stirring, so I went in to see. And, uh, and she said I could see he was lying still and had been lying in that position for quite a while. And, you know, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, how can this be? And, you know, I asked the same questions you would. And, uh, and the Lord seemed to just put this in my mind. He said, I, I'm not going to tell you why uh, this has happened. If I did, you wouldn't understand it anyway. We know that God's purpose has an eternal foundation. And the consummation of the various phases of His purpose comes to pass the way He planned it. Praise God. And He has included you and me into to be members of the body of Christ. The, the knowledge, the fear of God begins with understanding. And, uh, and, and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, you know, if, if my parents were out visiting somewhere and left us kids at home, uh, my, my oldest, my oldest uh, sister, she was the oldest one in the family. Uh, she, we were supposed to listen to her, and and uh, well, you know, little boys, <laughs> they like to show their big sister that they don't have to listen to them. <laughs> and uh, we'd raise and we would <laughs> raid the uh, the bag of raisins that mother had. <laughs> Or coconut, and uh, she usually she wouldn't say anything. But if we were really uh, mischievous, then she'd notice that there was a lot of missing, <laughs> and uh, there'd be some talk about that. But uh, we we need to know where everything fits. Now our parents told Alma, you're in charge. Or that was the understanding there was. And if I disrespected her uh, obedience to mom and dad, I'm not just disrespecting her, I'm disrespecting the one who gave her that responsibility. So the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of understanding. If we have that proper reverence for His presence. I, I was uh, uh, doing carpenter work when we first moved to Edmonton. And uh, when uh, we were having lunch, myself and another fellow, we were working on improving old houses. Reciting them and putting shingles, new shingles on the roof, and so on. And uh, so we, I opened my lunch pail and I bowed my head and, and gave thanks. And he looked at me and said, "What's the matter, Murph? You got a headache?" 
had a little headache prior, you know. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I'm just thanking the Lord for my food. I said, don't you thank God for your food? Oh, he used a word that I wouldn't use. <laughs> yes, he said, I do. I, I really thank God for you. And he never mentioned it again. But he knew where I stood. Yeah. And I knew where he stood. Yeah. That there was even something instilled in his heart that he revered God blessing us and giving us food to eat and raiment to wear and, and a place in society, a place in our home. And the order of God that we hear so much about, you're going to hear a lot more about it. And so am I. Because it is so vital. It's part of the beginning of knowledge. When there is no order, what, what is there? Confusion, right. And God doesn't like confusion. God's plan is that all the creation would fit into the order that He planned so that it can go on to the next phase, whatever that is. It's not just to die and go to heaven. And that I can't imagine how wonderful that is. And any time I've ever had the privilege of talking to someone that had uh, and a de- what you call a death experience or near death experience I just uh, before I left home the same day uh, I had to go to the airport and catch my flight a little after midnight I, we had a funeral for the father of uh, Wendy Ostashev and uh, uh, I, uh, I I couldn't help but think of that day when uh, Wendy uh, apparently passed away. And we were, a lot of us were around the the, uh, couch, I guess, she was lying on and praying that God would touch her. And uh, she stopped breathing. Her pulse had stopped. And for all appearances, she was gone. And uh, Brother Holt and I were uh, sitting beside each other at the dinner table when uh, Sister Livingston came and said, Come quick to our place. Wendy's very low. And as we were running up, boy, that was a dark, dark piece of road between the the old dining room and the, the building where the Livingstons lived. And, uh, and Wendy was staying there. And, and the, the old devil was running right beside me. Not Brother Holt. <laughs> he was running beside me, all right. But he said, aha, now you fellas have done it. You didn't put her in the hospital like you should have. She hasn't been feeling good for all through these Bible study uh, sessions that we had at that time. And uh, it's going to get in the newspaper. It's going to be on the news uh, that uh, these fanatical people uh, neglected the medical care and, and so on, uh, which wasn't the case. Uh, uh, they, there was a lot of respect for medical care. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and I thought to myself, 
There's only one way to face a problem, and that's go straight to it. Don't turn aside. If we'd have phoned the ambulance and everything, uh, she'd have gone to the hospital and, and maybe never revived. But uh, as we were kneeling there, I had one of her hands that was paralyzed. She was paralyzed in, in one hand and I think both feet. And this just seemed to come upon her in stages. And uh, as we uh, prayed, <clears throat> I remember so clearly Brother Hole laid his hands on her head. And he said, Wendy, get up in Jesus' name. And she stood to her feet. She didn't just stand on her feet, excuse me, but she walked around with her hands up, both of them. And praising the Lord, her face just shone with the touch of God. And afterwards, after the evening session, we'd have coffee and cookies, and, and uh, we'd uh, have time of fellowship before going to bed. And so they asked Wendy to, to tell us her experience. And uh, she said, you can't explain it. There is no way you, there are human words that convey what she saw, it has never entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love Him. And I, I had another uh, sister tell me the same thing. And, and of course, Wendy lived on. She's, she's gone to be with the Lord now. She passed away, uh, I guess, five or six years ago. And But uh, she tried to explain. She said, I, I saw the Lord in this tremendous light and she said the love that was flowing between uh, what I saw and and my spirit she said I can't explain it and uh, another sister that uh, her husband used to work for us in, in our company when I was in the construction business and she, she, I phoned her and said your husband has had a bad accident and the ambulance is coming, uh, has come and taken him uh, to the hospital and she didn't break down and start crying she wasn't that surprised it seemed and I talked to her about it one day and, and she said that about two weeks before Jack was taken I uh, uh, I was working around the house she said I wasn't even thinking of spiritual things and it was just like there was a veil that, that was rent and I could see on the other side. But I can't tell you what I saw. But if everybody knew what I saw, they would never, ever want to miss another meeting just because it didn't feel good. Or didn't feel like getting out of bed and, and, and Sunday morning. I know you folks don't do that here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she said, They'd never want to miss a meeting because I saw what happens when God's people worship. And they praise the Lord. And they prophesy one to another. It's indescribable. And she said, I never told anybody this before, but I thought they might think I was just seeing things. <laughs> and she's still living today. She's way up in her 90s now, Sister Lois. 
wonderful, wonderful woman of God. So there, we don't need to try and figure out how it's all going to happen. All we need to do is be led by the Spirit. And that's how you become sons of God. They that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Hallelujah. And God is the one who is going to reveal what a son of God is. And what power they may have. And the level on which they can walk. That's one of the things we learned at the beginning of the move. Excuse me for just rambling around here. But I still have the principles of the kingdom. And one of the principles of the kingdom is what I'm doing right now. Is to recall things that God has done for His people. Or perhaps for yourself. And it edifies you. Because it strengthens your faith and brings to mind a little more meaning of some disaster or whatever it may be that uh, you're thinking about. And it, and it blesses you when you see God's intervention having taken place. Oh, hallelujah. The Christian walk, dear saints of God, is a wonderful walk. It goes beyond human understanding. And there are many different levels on which people understand. That's why we have so many different denominations. People don't all walk on the same level of understanding. And Lois was telling me that when she was in the hospital, in the waiting room, her husband had fallen down where somebody had carelessly removed uh, the barrier and uh, he took one step too far uh, he was bringing a wheelbarrow up the stairs they, was, they were cleaning up the uh, drywall scraps and so on in there and uh, you can't push a wheelbarrow upstairs you gotta pull it and he was going up and he stepped one step too far and went down, fell into the basement on the concrete floor and landed on his head. And uh, he lived about a week. I know, of course, we approached God and we cried out, Lord, do a miracle here. But God did a different kind of miracle. He took him into his presence. And she said, while I was sitting there this day, the doctor came and he said... uh, I'm sorry to tell you, Mrs. Cresswell, her husband just passed away. And she looked at him and smiled. And she's got a beautiful smile. She said, I know. He just walked by me, singing to the top of his voice. Hallelujah. Praise God. These things are real. The different levels on which people walk. God will give us understanding concerning them. I had a a couple of people come to our door not long ago. And uh, the lady said, uh, we're starting a Bible study in your neighborhood here. And we'd like to know if you're interested in coming. And and she uh, said, a lot of people 
don't understand the Bible. Very few people understand the Bible and what it means and and uh, and so on. And uh, and how to obtain eternal life. So I said, do you have eternal life? Well, she said, I, I, I hope to be one of the chosen ones. <laughs> we do too. But we have a taste of eternal life. Hallelujah. And it is the most wonderful, wonderful sensation. I don't know what other words you can use to feel the peace of God in your heart between you and the Lord. Nothing compares with that wonderful peace that goes beyond our understanding. Praise God. Jesus spoke of the principles of the kingdom in the fifth chapter of Matthew. And uh, there are many, many scriptures that refer to that uh, wonderful hope that we have in Christ. Praise God. And he said to the people, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, you know, it doesn't say that he addressed the whole crowd. But he must have, uh, there was a big crowd there. But he sat and talked with his disciples. And he gave them these wonderful truths that we have today. It might might have seemed like a very common thing because he often sat with his disciples and taught them things about his kingdom and explained the scriptures to them. Even when he was 12 years old, he explained things that the doctors of the law didn't understand. And they marveled at the gracious words that he spoke. Quite a thing, isn't it? Twelve-year-old boy in touch with God as he was. The Son of God explaining God's order and His plan to people firsthand. I, I was asked to give a little talk to a, a Sunday school group that Brother Paul in um, India had that we were visiting his local assembly and uh, this was kind of the summation of the of the summer holidays and uh, or whatever uh, they have their holidays in the, in the winter time because of weather conditions and the rainy season is is a, a time that uh, the, the kids are in school and that's where the mothers want them to be <laughs> but anyway uh, they were having this uh, little celebration, and I think they gave out little souvenirs to the to the kids. And and, uh, and they, so they asked me to say a few words, and and I thought of that uh, um, occasion where they went to the uh, to Jerusalem, the family and and other relatives and friends in a caravan, and uh, to celebrate the feast. And as they uh, celebrated the, the feast, you know, how kids are. They ask all kinds of questions as well. And uh, they uh, they like to get prizes and, and things. But Jesus had something here for these doctors of the law. And 
He was asking questions that they couldn't answer, and he was giving answers that they couldn't answer. And they marveled at this. And it just struck me that I said, children, talking about the Word of God is God's business. Because he said to his mother, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? What a strange answer. And uh, her mother, his mother chided him, why did you do this to us? We thought that you were just missing or we didn't know what on earth happened to you. And they'd already traveled two days before they really started searching in the caravan. And, uh, and he, then they found that he wasn't present. And then he answered his mother in a different kind of answer that she expected. And uh, they found out the conversation that he had with those doctors of the law. Praise God. And it's true. We're doing God's business right now. And he'll give us ears to hear and eyes to see. And we'll just be a little more closer to the goal than we were yesterday. Praise God. And our understanding will, will open, I hope. I hope mine does. A little more. And it, it just struck me, and I said, kids, talking about God's Word is God's business. And we love to do business with God. He's so fair. He says, give me your sin, and I'll give you my spirit. Isn't that something? He'll fill you with His Spirit. And that Jesus saw these uh, disciples and He thought it's a good, good time for me to tell them a few things. He opened His mouth and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. When we realize our spiritual poverty and the lowest state of man compared to the eternal realm, uh, it humbles us. And we realize we're kind of poor. I'll tell you a little experience I had that uh, I hope I never have to do it again. <laughs> but I, I learned a, quite a lesson. Uh, when we were going to Bible college, uh, usually through the term, there would be a time when there were no classes because the Spirit of God would move in upon us and we'd start praising the Lord and, people, and the, some of the students would be filled with the Spirit. And this would go on for sometime weeks on end. And the denomination were very displeased about this. They said you should pay more attention to the academics. And, uh, and it, it finally led to the parting of the ways. But uh, as we were... This one morning in devotions, we had the whole student body came together for morning devotions, and and we were sitting there, and it, it went on, and and then the spirit of God started to move, and different ones began to uh, prophesy and so on, and and uh, it, it was just a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I was sitting there like a bump on a log, dry as can be. 
I and I thought, Lord, what's the matter with me? How come everybody else is getting blessed and I'm sitting here just as dry and dead as could be? And then the Lord told me what the problem was. And he, uh, you know, I don't know how God speaks to us in our spirit, but you know, you know yourself how He does speak to us. And uh, I, I wished I hadn't asked the question because He gave me the answer, and it certainly wasn't an answer that I wanted or expected. He said, "You are full of pride." You know, there's they tell us there's three kinds of pride, and I, I know you know what they are. The pride of face, the pride of race, and the pride of grace, which is the worst one. And that's the one I had. I thought I was a little more spiritual than others, and I should be in there getting blessed too. And, uh, and the Lord, oh, I, oh God, what will I do? And he said, go to the front of the class and ask the brethren to lay hands on you and pray that you'll be delivered from this pride. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> what do they think of me? And that little girl over there that I kind of had my eye on, she'll think I'm crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I finally decided, well, I'm not going to grow another spiritual inch unless I obey the voice of God. And I learned a wonderful lesson. And I did. I went to the front. I asked the brethren to pray for me that I have a problem here. That's what the Lord told me to do. And they did. And 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 God gave me an understanding that wasn't encumbered with the cloudiness of pride in my eyes. And, uh, and I thank God and I, I pray to God that I, I, God will always help me to be able to avoid any kind of pride that would separate me from His blessing. We need the blessing of God so much. We need to talk to the Lord. We need to listen to His voice and, uh, and see what He's saying. So Jesus said uh, to the uh, to the disciples and all that were listening, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." God likes poor people. Doesn't matter how rich you are, He likes you because you're poor in spirit. And don't be ashamed when God taps you on the shoulder and, and said, you've got to deal with this. And he knows all about that. Jesus went through all the phases of temptation. And he knows, and he's able to succor us when we are tempted. And uh, But he was tempted, but without sin. And that's why just imagine, that's why we are here today and anyone, whosoever, may come. Anyone that believes on Him 
said, not perish, but have eternal life. And you know, and that lady told me and stumbled around to, it, it ended our conversation. And I thought, why didn't I say, ask her to quote John 3.16 to me? I, I wouldn't have been surprised but what she wouldn't be able to do it. Because it says there, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And what on earth do people want to go and write books about things and, and, and uh, ex- explanations about this and that to prove that God doesn't talk to people and there is no God and everything just is. What a stupid conclu- conclusion. Pardon my expression. But some of the wisest men as far as this world uh, world wisdom is concerned uh, have that opinion. But if they would just talk to God, try and get in touch with the Creator, He'll talk to them. And you'll give them peace. Oh, hallelujah. I heard that uh, Einstein was on the train. This is one of Billy Graham's stories. Uh, Einstein was on the train uh, going on, and and, uh, the conductor came along to collect the tickets. And, uh, oh, good morning, Mr. Einstein, he said. And, uh, And... he knew that he needed his ticket, and he was going through all his clothes and his pockets, and, and he couldn't find it. He said, never mind, we all know who we are. No problem. So he went on. And when the conductor came back down, he was down on his hands and knees looking under the, the seat of maybe his ticket. He said, forget it. He said, yeah, I know you know where, who I am but I want to know where I'm going. (laughs) It's nice to know where you're going. And the way. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. It's all bound up in the Son of God. Hallelujah. And that's what God is trying to make out of you and me. Sons of God. Daughters of God. Belonging to his kingdom. Not only that, but the kingdom belonging to you. We will inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he says here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. They have an ownership. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. If we just look to Him, He'll comfort us. Praise God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Moses was the meekest man in the world, we're told. And yet, he commanded that whole crowd of people, something like two million people. Somebody uh, wrote some uh, statistics that it would take, I forget how many tank cars 
it, of water it would take to have everybody uh, in the whole two million and whatever animals that they brought along uh, would t just to get to have a drink every day. And they were in the wilderness where it doesn't rain. Not very often. <laughs> and, uh, and the food it would take, the tons of food it would take. Isn't that amazing? They didn't have to go and look for food. The Lord rained manna from heaven. And they had enough every day. Praise God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you hungry this morning for the wonderful touch of God? Do we thirst like we should after spiritual blessings? And fellowship with God. Fellowship is another principle of the kingdom. And if you're hungering and thirsting, that's something that's a requirement. Uh, because there's so much you can feed yourself on. You can feed your mind on uh, things that are unprofitable. Uh, that are just empty. And only appeal to the lower nature that God wants to die I've been thinking about that scripture an awful lot lately because it's something that I need to do when Paul said I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live Christ lives in me praise God we, he said I die daily every day to His will that I might be able to submit to God's will. And if the Lord says for me to do something, go and talk to that person. Go and visit so-and-so. Uh, I'll hear what He's saying. Because I'm paying attention to that way that He has of speaking to me. And I'm not seeking just my own desires and the, the things that we have to do from day to day. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, if you look for quality in people, you'll see it, because it's there. Everybody has quality in their nature. And sometimes that quality gets a little cloudy and uh, overshadowed by maybe my personal foolishness. But um, it's we learn from each other. That's why I say it's good for a person to attend a funeral once in a while. It, it, it brings your thoughts together and you think more of that other... <laughs> as long as it's not your own funeral or somebody <laughs> close to you. <laughs> but uh, uh, when, it, when I was ministering at uh, George's funeral the other day, uh, that came to me. 
it's good for you to be here. So we can consider the hereafter. And, uh, and learn. We learn from one another. I had a great advantage that I knew George personally, and I knew him quite well. And he knew me. And I learned a lot of things. He, he was a jeweler. And he had great big hands, like Brother York. <laughs> and I wondered, how in the world can a fellow with big hands like that take a watch and, and take the screwdriver? And I, my watch needed cleaning, and I gave it to him and, uh, one day. <clears throat> and uh, he just did it right there at the table. He got his screwdriver out and took it all apart and put it in a glass and turned the motor on and it spun the solution around in there. <clears throat> then he put it all back together again. Yeah. I thought, my goodness, how in the world can a fellow do a thing like that? And uh, with those big hands of his. And, uh, but uh, we learn a lot from one another. George had a very, very kind nature. I learned kindness from George. I learned consideration and a soft answer often. And I thank God I had a friend that was like that. I hope he learned something of quality in me. And we learn from one another so much. So they asked uh, uh, Mr. Churchill, uh, when he was the Prime Minister, uh, you know, if he would have died, I read this the other day, if he would have died in his early 60s, the world would have never known about him. But he came into that place of importance that God had him trained for when the war started. And, uh, and he was the one that declared to the people, surely, as he looked out, over the destruction in their city. This must be the judgment of God. Yeah. When uh, September the 11th came in New York and those two airplanes crashed into the pride of the nation, you might say, those two big buildings, what a, what a terrible calamity that was. But it happened. And the theme seems like the impossible things can be destroyed very quickly at times. But, uh, I, and, and, and you try and figure out why do these things happen. But you, I'll tell you one thing that did happen along with it, for a little while anyway, all the churches were full. People went to church and prayed. And it wasn't foolishness to pray. And uh, they thought it was a good thing. And the president kept saying, God bless America. And uh, they, they wanted to... Um, I read a little thing the other day called the sneeze. And the, at the uh, graduation day of this high school, the, everybody was warned, don't mention anything about God when you make your little speech. And so the valedictorian was a Christian, and he thought... What? And, he, and, he, and he, they talked about this ahead of time. And there was 90 students. And at a certain point, he stopped and, uh, 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 and he sneezed, an explosive sneeze. 
along with all 90 of the others. And he said, God bless you, everyone. (laughs) Well, that's the polite thing to say. (laughs) Hallelujah. How can you stop talking about eternal life and the Son of God living in your home with you and God's Spirit living in your heart? Hallelujah. I just feel like like I miss out so many times uh, just with that little suggestion, that little word of wisdom. But I just said to that lady, well, what does John 3.16 mean? It doesn't mean a whole lot of explanation. It's clear and simple. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the Gospel. Simple and clear and true. Praise God. So, we're blessed if uh, we are meek and... uh, We're blessed if we're peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So if you, that's part of the qualification you have to have. If you're going to be a son of God, you have to learn how to swallow your pride and say, I was wrong once in a while. The hardest words to say in the English language, they say, I was wrong, you were right. That's the next hardest. But, uh, Sometimes a, a, a man even has to say that to his wife. You were right, honey. I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Blessed are the peacemakers. A soft answer can turn away wrath. And uh, it, God has so many ways of uh, explaining things to us. And we learn so much from one another. Praise God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you uh, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. If they say it because you're really guilty, that's different. But for my sake, he said, because you're a believer, because you know God, and they'll make up stories to persecute you. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Jumping up and down glad. (laughs) Praising the Lord glad. Hallelujah. For there... um, Rejoice exceedingly, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted the prophets. They persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, there's a a lot more persecution going on than what you read in the newspapers. Uh, Every time I go to India, I'm aware of that. And uh, Brother Matthew and I were there last a year, and uh, not long after we got back, uh, he was telling me about a wave of persecution uh, took place in Mangalore, where 
we ministered, and uh, but they never touched touched the building where they met, and uh, I was glad for that. And but they somebody had made a, a leaflet with all the good things about Christianity and all the bad things about other another religion there that most uh, people in India believe, and you know we do some kind of foolish things sometimes. Uh, I'm sure whoever did it meant well. Well, what happened? They went into the different churches and and just did a terror, trashed a lot of stuff that was in there, broke some images <laughs> in certain churches of, of Christ or angels or whatever, uh, which uh, don't really have any place in a place of worship like it used to when people worshipped idols and, and these fellows. So uh, there's a lot of persecution. There's a lot of people being killed. And they've told us some stories that they that they've, they suffered in different places. When we went to Korea, we, uh, one man, we were having lunch together, and he showed me his hand. And he said, you know, the enemy did that. To me, and they, they they smashed his fingers, and and they, his fingers were quite uh, abnormal because of it, and uh, and different things have happened. Uh, some of our own people in Mangalore, another time, were having a prayer meeting in their own house, and they were crying out to God and praying and and uh, very fervently and. And uh, a bunch of hoodlums came along and opened the door and ran in with uh, clubs and sticks and started beating the people. The police do nothing about it. Uh, that's not a very nice atmosphere to live in, is it? We, we're so blessed here in the West. I thank God for the freedom we have. Oh, I thank God for that. And uh, you can praise the Lord all you want and uh, as, as long as you don't cause a disturbance <laughs> but you know you and you can believe uh, and uh, and understand spiritual things and there's no law against it praise God and let's remember when somebody stands and sings in the spirit or prophesy Oh, that's Sister So-and-So. She's singing in the Spirit. That's Brother So-and-So. Ah, oh, yeah, listen to him. He stumbled over one word there when he was prophesying. You know, forget about the individual. Listen to the message. Because the Spirit of God is speaking to you and to me. And I want to hear what he has to say. And if he's encouraging us, you'll be encouraged. And you'll be blessed. Praise God. God bless you. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.